Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Smoke Break Sports. I am your host, Kev. And is it time for me to admit I was wrong about the Brooklyn Nets? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Let's hold our horses here. Of course, everyone knows that, uh, that knows, I guess, maybe not every single person in the world knows, but if you're listening to this show, you likely saw what the Nets did to the Lakers. And I have some thoughts on that. First of all, credit where it's due. The Nets fell two three-pointers shy of the NBA record of having three games in a row where they made 20-plus threes as a team. That is insane. That is worthy of accolades, worthy of a tip of the proverbial cap. That's so difficult to do, as obvious by the fact that it's never been done before. But even in the modern age, where the three-point shot has become a big part of the game and guys are stepping back further and further to the point where we've got people pulling up from the logo when they don't even necessarily need to, LeBron. But nonetheless, it was very impressive to see a team go on a kind of run like that, despite what defensive deficiencies that I may still firmly believe that they have. Uh, The Nets did put a show on the Lakers. This one was really not even close. I know the final score was only about an 11-point win, but there were times early in that fourth quarter where the Nets were up by 20-plus points. So this one was never really in doubt, but there are a couple of things we have to look at. Of course, neither team was at full strength. I had to stop earlier when I was listening to a friend of the show, Skip Bayless, talk about how the Nets only had Kyrie and Harden, which is just goofy. Okay, that's not a, offensively, that's not an only statement. When you only have, when you only have two of three All-Stars, and if there were, any justice in the world. All three really should have been all-star starters, but that's okay. I'm not going to be upset that Bradley Beal got named an all-star starter. I just think um, maybe if your argument is that James Harden didn't play all of the first half of the season in the East, and that's why he's not an all-star, maybe I can hear you there, but that's neither here nor there. The fact of the matter is they had two all-stars in their backcourt against the Lakers last night, and The Lakers were missing, of course, Anthony Davis, who's going to be out for a grip. And Dennis Schroeder was also out for COVID protocol violation. It doesn't sound like he has COVID, but just that maybe he went across town with Lou Williams and went to a strip club for some chicken wings or something. I don't know. It it didn't, they didn't say he was out because he had COVID. He was out because he broke COVID protocol. So he will be gone for a week. The Lakers are going to have to deal with that. LeBron played pretty darn well. Uh, He had some ridiculous fadeaway off one leg in the corner jump shot that he made. He didn't shoot particularly well from three, which is a a theme, a a point that we will touch on here in a minute. But he had 32 points. He was taking it to the rim at will on certain occasions. It really stepped up. Uh, I had heard it mentioned that The Lakers that night looked like uh, LeBron's final year in Cleveland. Looked kind of like that squad. There just wasn't enough around him 
to keep up with the Nets offense. And then you got to throw in the fact that Joe Harris, who we've talked about on this show a decent amount, got hot for the Nets, I mean, to the point where he's flying off a screen and slamming a shot off the backboard and it still goes in for three. And if if you're hitting fall away, leaning bank shot threes, you're probably going to win that game if you're able to be that on fire for an evening. So what we really saw X's and O's wise is one team was burying threes all day and all night. And the other team was shooting horrendously from the three point line. So KCP has struggled for the Lakers from beyond the arc. He's shooting, I think about 25, 26% of late from three that has to improve. If this Lakers team is going to make a run at repeating and in general, that team made six threes uh, that mattered because they did hit two late in the game during what I think we can all agree was garbage time. Um, that was how they were able to take a 20-point game and, and have it end at only an 11-point deficit. It was because they finally did hit a couple of threes, but too little too late in that regard. And we all know this, all of us fans of the sport that have watched LeBron play for years, what he needs are two-way Players that can spread the f- spread the floor. I almost said field. Good God, he needs two-way athletic players who can spread the floor and knock down some threes. So when his guys aren't hitting those threes, it becomes incredibly difficult because they're going to get good open looks. So they need to make them to keep the defense honest to allow LeBron to be himself. Of course, this is much easier when you also have the beast that is Anthony Davis in the post. So without Anthony Davis, those shooters now have become exponentially more important to this team over the next four to five weeks, however long we're going to be at with old AD on the sideline. So to answer my previous question, no, I don't feel that it's early enough or that this one victory is enough to say, oh, we were wrong about the Nets, my guys. They will of course have nights like this when you are going to outscore the other team. I mean, that this, this is the only way they're going to win. I mean, the Lakers failed to score a hundred on this team. Was that because of the Nets defensive prowess? Not exactly how I see it. Again, lots of missed opportunities on the LA side of the court, more so than it was lockdown Brooklyn defense that caused this. So of course the Nets are still going to win games. They're still going to be able to beat good teams, the question is, when it comes down to a knock them down, drag them out seven-game series, are they going to be able to squat down, sit down in that captain's chair and play defense for 48 minutes? And I just still don't think that they are. They've added Noah Vonla, who we've discussed previously. They, they added Andre Roberson, who can play defense. Um, Brown has gotten a lot more playing time. Uh, some of that, I think, is due to you know Durant being out, but... Hey, that's another one where we kind of saw that coming. He's got some talent. Again, good defensive guy, misses some bunnies, really needs to work on his offensive game, but he's getting opportunities, and and he's scoring a bit. Uh, Missed missed at least one pretty easy bunny, pretty easy layup there. He's really got to tighten it up if he wants to be a solid contributor. So now they have two of those guys because everything I just said about Brown, you could just – swap out his name for Roberson and and I'd be saying the same thing this here's a guy who plays great defense and cannot contribute offensively still to this day as an NBA player so I can't imagine 
if I can't imagine him not being able to improve upon that if he really puts the effort in when you've got guys like Harden and Durant and Kyrie and you're coached by I mean shit well first of all let's throw Joe Harris in there too he can help a guy learn how to shoot you're coached by Steve Nash and Mike D'Antoni and that's this Brooklyn roster is it's deep with names um I believe Jacques Vaughn is on that coaching staff I know that Amari Stoudemire is part of a player development they have Tiago Splitter on that staff I mean this staff is loaded with former players a lot of whom can shoot the rock now it would be nice if they maybe added, you know, go out go out and, uh, Steve, go make peace with Bruce Bowen. You've already got a spur on the rack. Go have Tiago reach out to Bruce Bowen or somebody who knows how to play some damn defense and get that added to your rotation of former NBA players that are on your staff. They've got a great staff there, so they should be able to coach offense to just about anyone with a pulse. But now let's add some defensive flavor to that. And then I might have to admit when I was wrong. There are still some big uh, potential free agents coming down the pike as far as uh, solutions to their big man problem in Brooklyn. I know that the Lakers will probably be in the running for a few of those free agents as well. A couple of the bigger names that we will talk about later on this week being Blake Griffin and Andre Drummond, of course. Um, I think that both of these teams are on the short list of suitors for both players. However, I've got some thoughts on where these guys absolutely should not go. So stay tuned. Check back with us for that. In the meantime, the Lakers need to keep an eye on free agency. They need to add. Um, they've been keeping that. Palink has kept that 15th roster spot open for the majority of the season, trying to find that perfect guy. Who is that perfect guy? Is it Blake Griffin? Is it Andre Drummond? Is it Dwayne Dedman? Is it John Henson? Uh, stay tuned. We will talk about this and more in upcoming episodes of Smoke Break Sports. And thank you so much for your continued support and listening. A uh, quick moment of find out that our podcast is ineligible for advertising on platforms such as Facebook and Twitter. It is an issue with the name. Uh, so having a podcast called Smoke Break Sports and having the logo be a pack of cigarettes is apparently against policies. Um, I have my own personal thoughts on, on that. I don't ever really... I just I don't I don't believe this show goes out of its way to go tell you to smoke tobacco. I myself am a former tobacco user. As part of the reason this show uh, began is I I used to record these little bits on an iPhone uh, on my smoke breaks at work. So uh, I'm not trying to hawk cigarettes to your kids. I'm not trying to hawk e-cigs to children. But uh, apparently the algorithms have decided that that does not matter. Just having a name like Smoke Break Sports makes me permanently ineligible to advertise my show to get it out to new people and to get it out to a new audience. So this uh, saga will continue. We may look into changing the name of the show. As much as I hate being censored, as much as I hate to give in and quit, so to speak, I really think we have taken strides over this last season and the show has continued to improve and I want to get it out to more people. I want to get it out in front of more people. 
I would love to add the YouTube channel and, and really start making a splash here. So in the meantime, if you enjoyed what you've heard from us at any point over this last season, please share with your friends. Please like and subscribe. Uh, follow us on uh, Spotify or iTunes or wherever you are listening to this podcast. It will be greatly appreciated now more than ever. You have no idea how much it will mean to us. And just keep an ear to the ground. Look out for updates. Um, I run a program called The Shakedown that reviews anything under the sun, whether you like it or not. So I may combine the brands, and this show may become Shakedown Sports or something. And the two podcasts would, of course, remain separate because just because you like to hear me talk about TV shows and movies doesn't mean you necessarily want a daily update on sports. So I will keep those two feeds separate. But we may be unifying this brand. Uh, if so, I hope that all of you come along with us for that. It will be quite a journey. But I have not decided to roll over and die yet. So for now, you can find us on the internet at Smoke Break Sports. I have been Kev. You have been a treasure. We'll talk to you soon. Have a great day.